Hey, friends, and welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. <laughs> I almost said Podler Podler Turgatory. Podler Turgatory. Podler Turgatory. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to do that growing up. He would he would have this whole thing about Rindicella and her sea thugly ep- chisters or something like that, and he called it Balking Tackers. <laughs> I love it. Such a dad move. Someday I'll have to get him back on the pod and tell the story of... That's it. It's Rindicella. Rindicella. Rindicella and her Stee Thrugly Ep sisters. Something like that. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Stee Thrugly Ep sisters. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty funny. My mom occasionally, just because she just does this, her brain works like this, she'll... Like my brother is Keith and my sister-in-law is Jen. And sometimes when she refers to them, she calls them Jeeth and Ken. Jeeth and Ken. That's great. Jeeth and Ken. Perfect. Have you talked to Jeeth and Ken? <laughs> I'm like, who the hell are they? <laughs> um, speaking of parents, the things parents used to say or what parents say, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the things that your parents said to you when you were a kid that you swore you would never, you would never say this to your own kids. I will never. Yeah. And now here we all are. Saying those things. Just ripping them, ripping them left and right. <laughs> so Blair posted a query on our FOSA book page, and it says, actually, I'll have you read it because it's in your voice. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, Todd Perg fam. <laughs> That's your voice meets Samantha from Sex and the City. Todd Perg fam. <laughs> So for an upcoming episode, Molly and I want to know, what were the things your parents would say to you as a kid that you swore you'd never say to your own kids, but nevertheless, do? You're literally standing in the kitchen saying something to your kid, and it might as well be 1989, because that's when I was a kid. (laughs) Let us know. This should be fun. Hashtag parenting on repeat. Hashtag you got McDonald's money. So tell me, uh, what is hashtag you got McDonald's money? Tell me about this. It's like if you ask to go to McDonald's. Oh, can we go to McDonald's? You got McDonald's money? Got it. Or you got Pizza Hut money? (laughs) One thing I have been doing with my son that my parents did is splitting it. So he'll be like, can I get a hoverboard? First of all, y'all, he's five. So no, you can't. But so he knows it's eight and up or something. We looked at the box. He'll be like, can I get such and such? And I'll say, all right, I'll split it with you. So the thing he wants is $20. I'll say, so you just have to pay $10. And he goes, okay. And I go, where are you going to get $10? And yesterday his answer was, my bank account. (laughs) He doesn't have a bank account. We haven't set one up yet. (laughs) So it is this like consciousness of money. Like he's starting to get that things cost money. But it's not his money. But it's not his money. But he thinks that you just use your card. Like, that's how everybody pays for things is you put a plastic rectangle into a machine and it just pays for it. So I told him it's attached to our bank account. Mm. Infinite amount of money for them. Yes. Money galore. Yeah, money galore. But he's starting to get that. But he just doesn't realize that when you're born, you don't arrive with a bank account. (laughs) That would be nice. That would be nice. But yeah, now it's my kids. It's like, oh, you got target money? Yes. Oh, okay. Let's go then. Money was a big theme on the Facebook page as well. One of our listeners, Andrea, her parents said, and now she says, I'm not made of money. And then the extension on the classic money doesn't grow on trees, which is money doesn't grow on trees. Bananas do. (laughs) A listener, Seema, said that, which I had never heard before. 
But that really makes me laugh. Me neither. I'm going to start doing and that. It, and actually, it puts it into like smart perspective. Yeah. Money doesn't grow on trees. Bananas do. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They do. And apples do. Yeah. I was going to say you could change it up. Leaves do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember my parents saying like money doesn't grow on trees, but I remember being, I don't even know how to say this, but like aware that you couldn't just ask for anything you wanted. At a certain point, they made that clear that like they have, I think it was more about figuring out that whether or not they had money wasn't the issue. We were strictly middle class, but it was more about what they were willing to spend it on. Like, I remember being like, oh, you don't have $2 for this bubble gum. Of course, back then it was probably 60 cents. You don't have 60 cents for this bubble gum. And my mom would be like, well, I do, but I'd really prefer to spend it on dinner tonight. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I think that's one thing they instilled in me was like, just because you have money. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, the small amount of money that we did or whatever, you can't always spend it on just the things you want. So I'm hoping that I'm instilling that in my kid. I don't know. I don't know. It's such a weird credit card culture now. It is. And also, I mean, think about it. And I think we've discussed this before, but I feel like toys and like treats had specific places to go. Whereas like now you go to the grocery store, there's toys. You go to, you know, Target even, you know, well, I guess there's supposed to be toys there, but it's like... The convenience store, the bodega. You know, there's so many places that just shouldn't have toys. And there are. They're everywhere. That do. Yeah. And it's just like, ah. So I think kids just kind of like walk around. It's like, well, this is here for me. And it's hard to, you know, I think that's like a crux of capitalism. Yeah. In the United States is that no matter where you go, it's like kids want it. Consuming, and it's consuming, for consuming, 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 consuming. They just want it. Anyway. Anyhow, no, my parents were just like, no, (laughs) just a hard no always. I was like, okay, all right. And I also feel like it was one thing. Oh, okay. One thing I do say that my parents said to me was put it on your list. (laughs) Okay. Put it on your birthday list. Put it on your Christmas list, wish lists. Mm -hmm. And I remember one year for Christmas, my mom said, I need your Christmas lists. And some of those was also her handing us like there was this department store called Jordan Marsh. And she would be like, she would hand us that catalog because it was a physical catalog. Yep. And she'd be like, circle things. Mm-hmm. And it would be clothes. And like, we didn't really want clothes for presents, but that was the thing. Like, it's such a different world now. It's a different world. Like, I see something on sale for my son and I buy it now because I'm pooping around shopping. Right, right, right. But my mom wasn't pooping around shopping. She didn't have time for that. Well, she also didn't have a phone in her hand that she could easily do it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, listen. The phones have changed everything. 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 Yes. Everything. Anything that comes to my mind. Yep. I'm like, you know what I could really use? Phone, Amazon, click, hit, get in two days. Yes. It's wild. It is wild. It's it's so, and especially from where, like, where we come from, from, like, where we have been versus now, it's like, might as well be a hundred years away. Feels like that. Sometimes. Sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes it feels like that. There are some universal things that haven't changed, though. Uh, Nicole, very cool spelling, N-I-C-C-O-L-E, get it, Nicole's parents. She said, because I said so, which got many likes on that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I said so. And it's because when we were kids, we didn't realize how annoying we were. (laughs) Exactly. We thought to ask a question a hundred times made absolute perfect sense. Yeah. And just want the answer. Yes. Why? 
why, 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 why? And no answer would be satisfactory. None would be. And then when you heard, because I said so, you knew it was time to stop asking. And <laughs> end of discussion. Yes. That's all. That's all mom. Oh, that's all mom's got. She tapped out. She tapped out. <laughs> you know what? Let me go ask dad. Let me go ask dad. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> and then my parents were always good about having a united front, you know, but every once in a while I could see my dad considering it and then he'd pop into, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you ask your mother? <laughs> yes, yes. Do you ask your mother? Yeah, go ask your mother. Yeah. So funny, trying to get them in different rooms. <laughs> That's what I do now. Like, I do what my dad did. Go ask your dad. You know what? Go ask your father. See what he says. My dad would always say, go ask your mom. See what she says. Okay? And then like a ping pong ball, you just went back and forth between the rooms <laughs> trying to annoy them long enough to get a yes. Exactly. For whatever it was. It works. Listen, it works. How many times have we caved? How many times have we caved? Oh, it's so hard. It's so different when you're in the shoes of a parent now. It is. And you see it. And it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. And this is what we're born and bred from. So, of course, we're going to repeat some of the same things. But it is kind of funny that it like how organically it just falls from our mouths. What are some other ones? Do you remember any other ones that your parents said? And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. I can't believe I'm saying this. One thing that I could never do was answer my mom with what? Really? Oh, no. I couldn't. Like if she asked me something or she called my name. Hey, Blair, what? I get, don't you what me? What is your, what were you supposed to say? Yes. Yes, mother dear. Yes, mother dear. I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) And it has to be like a, whatever it is. That the queen shall be provided for. (laughs) But I do it to my kids. It rakes my nerves. Like when, and my little one, she does it all the time. And she does it with like a hearty attitude. What? What? That's my son. That's my son. And I said, don't you what me? And then she'll go, what? (laughs) My son would say, what? Because he's a teenager. He's five going on oh, 15. Yeah. yeah. And I'll go, excuse me, watch your tone. Yeah. And he'll go. Don't you And then he me. goes. Why? Like he changes it to a crazy <laughs> comical tone to make me laugh. And you know what? Works every time. Works every darn time. Him. Works every, every time. Darn no, time. I, it does the exact same thing that it did to my mom. Because it came with like a look from my mother. Yes. <gasps> that was like death. And it like now it does the same thing in me. It's like if I hear that what, I'm like, don't do what me. <laughs> it's also, you know, <laughs> something else my mom would do is, you know how like when you have to like find something, you're trying to get your kid to find something. The kid's like, mommy, have you seen my? And it's like right in front of them. Or it's like someplace really obvious and they're just not paying any attention. My mom would say, don't let me. <gasps> that is so funny. My parents would say. <laughs> How much are you going to give me if I find it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I go, nothing. <gasps> Not a darn thing. But I remember my dad just turning, putting his magazine down or whatever he was doing. Because he didn't want to get out of that recliner if he didn't have to. No. He had a long day. How much you going to give me if I find it? <laughs> so funny. And then one of the listeners wrote that. For her husband, this is so funny that she says it to her husband. He'll say something like, you wear my tennis shoes. And her reply will start with, well, the last time I was wearing them. (laughs) 
Boom. That classic. That's so funny. Oh, but that's also like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, okay. Yes. I'm like, okay, let me go put some effort into finding <laughs> what I'm looking for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, now you might have some things because you have an older brother, but he's significantly older than you. So you have said on the pod before, you, you kind of almost grew up like an only child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have some things that I remember when my sister, because my sister's four years older than me, but we palled around a lot. And I grew up in a time where we like, my parents left and my sister was 12 or 13 and I was eight or nine. And we would ride our bikes five miles to McDonald's and ride back and, you know, whatever. We'd leave when my parents left and we got back at dinner time Because you had some McDonald's money. Yeah, because apparently we had McDonald's money. I think it was worth it to my parents. You could also like give us $2 and we'd get McDonald's because this was 1956. Exactly. And... But it was a different time. And you could just ride your bike, just like riding your bike, no helmets. Mm-hmm. Big old banana seat. Yep. Were you doubled up or did you both have bikes? We both had bikes. Okay. We both had bikes. I think my sister had the banana seat bike and I had some kind of a regular bike. But yeah, I've said on this podcast before, it was like free range parenting. It was not called free range parenting. It was just called parenting. <laughs> it was called don't come home before dinner. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> But some things come to you as an adult about siblings. I have an only child now, but sibling challenges. Katie, one of our listeners, says that she says to her kid, sometimes you just have to let your brother win the argument, even if you think you're right. Mm -hmm. And she said, I hated being told that as a kid, but now as a mom, I realize that kid arguments are never black and white. No. That is so true. But when you are a kid, you only see yourself as right and your sister as wrong or your brother as wrong. Yes. So true. And as a parent, oh gosh, I'm dealing with on this on a whole level of. Are you? I mean, clearly my kids will repeat if they have double, triple, let's hope not, kids. But <laughs> it's like, just let her win. Whenever they do like the race each other, yeah. it's like, just let her win. Every now and then, just let her win. Oh, dear God. Okay. He's like, but she's small. She's not fast. I'm like, I know! <laughs> But I don't want to hear it for the rest of the days. So it does let her win. But I don't want to hear her. I don't want her. I don't want her to scream in the hallway at 830 in the morning because she yes. lost a race. I do remember my parents saying something like when we'd be fighting, they would say something like, figure it out because you don't want me to come in there. Mm. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yes, 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 yes. That's siblings or not. I used to get that, too. Figure it out. Because yeah. you don't want me to. Because if I do, everybody's in trouble. <laughs> and then we just like shut our mouths, play with our dollies for a few more minutes. And then it was as if it never happened. And I think that's what my parents already knew was that kids will get over it. Like it's not forever. It's just a fight. They got goldfish brains. Yes. yes. They forget it so quickly. <laughs> and if it's like given with like a little bit of a threat yes. for their well-being or their lives, they'll shut it down real soon. They'll shut it down real quick and forget about it real quick. Um, Caitlin, another one of our listeners said almost the same as you, Blair. She says things to her kids that she never thought she would. Anything that makes being the oldest suck, she said. Like, can't you just let him have it? Can't you just Please. let him have it? Just let him have it. <laughs> just let him have it. Just give it, just give it to him. Just yes. let him have it. Just let yes. him have it. Just let him have it. Big deal. My husband's aunt and uncle are, we're huge fans of theirs and friends of ours. And they say that sometimes to solve arguments or to just like let it go away, they have learned the magic phrase, maybe you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And his aunt says, and sometimes that's even more annoying than having the fight. 
like hearing someone say, maybe you're right, because you know they're just letting it go so that you don't have to fight anymore, but they don't really think you're right. They just rather not fight about it. You know what? I want to shut this all the way down. You know what? Maybe you're right. Yes. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't think you are, but maybe you are. Sure. <laughs> Let's put that on the table. Oh, man. Let's put that yes. on the table. When we get back, we'll hear more about things we never thought we'd say to our kids, but we do. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to Solid Purgatory. We were talking about all of the things that we would never say to our kids that we're saying that our parents said to us. It's cyclical. This is nonstop. It's nonstop. It is cyclical. One thing I found, which I thought was so funny, an article on redbook.com entitled 21 Things Parents Used to Say That Would Shock Millennial Parents. I don't know that we have to limit it to millennial parents. I think it's just like, any parents <laughs> that are growing up in what I would consider a much more conscious parenting culture, right? Absolutely. One of the things in this article, which made me laugh, redbookmag.com, excuse me. If you don't quit touching your brother, I'll cut your fingers off and let the doctor sew them back on. <laughs> I am sorry, but that is hardcore hilarious. You know what's so funny about it, too, is that A, I definitely heard that come from someone's mother. (laughs) You know what I mean? And B, it's just funny to me how funny it is having heard it as a child. Yes. And now thinking how cuckoo bananas that is to say to a child. And horrifying. And horrifying. Like how my kids like are so gullible. And you know, like when you just like, just lay on just like that sarcasm and they're just like, what? You will? Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. It's so funny. Now here's another one that I think is really funny. And I didn't have this personal experience, but I will tell you mine in a second. But this one is, Don't call unless someone is dead or the house is on fire. (laughs) So this is like, don't call your parents at work. I do think that we called my mom. We almost never called my dad at work. (laughs) 50,000 times a day. To let her know we got home and what we were having for a snack. Like I remember calling my mom was a medical librarian in the VA hospital. Oh, God. And I think we had this idea that she was just like sitting at her desk reading books. Right? Isn't that what librarians yep. do? Like, yeah. she didn't have things to do. She's not working, working. No, she's not working, working. Now I know she was a research librarian in a hospital. She was actually working pretty hard. <laughs> but we're like, hey, mom, we're home. We have um, the pizza from last night. Um, <laughs> Jenny took the last tab. No, we were not allowed to have tab. 
Jenny got orange juice and I told her, no orange juice, it's not breakfast. And I'm sure my mother was like, are you kidding me? What is happening? I have three doctors in a line right now waiting for this microfiche. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I don't care. But she was so kind about it. But I do remember going over some kids' houses in there, them being like, Oh, we can get something to eat, but if anything happens, we can't call my mom at work. We can't call my mom. We can't call my mom. Yeah, unless someone is dead or the house is on fire. Oh, that is so funny. The amount of time we call mom at work. Yep. Oh, she was a receptionist or she worked at my school in many capacities at all the different schools that I went to. But I remember there was one school um, because I went to the high school. Anyway, she had a co-receptionist and I was be like, I can't remember her name. But if my mom didn't answer, <laughs> I'd be like, hi, Miss Krasinski. It's Blair. It's my mom there. <laughs> and then sometimes before I, I'd just be like, hi. She's like, oh, hold on, Blair. <laughs> exactly. Hold on, Blair. Let me go get your mother. Hey, Peggy. And then I hear my mom. Is it Blair? Is it Blair? Oh, what does that? Ch- Hello? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Mom. I just want to know, does the popcorn, do you put it on for two minutes or is it, exactly. or is it a minute 45 seconds? I don't want it to burn. Blair, oh, do not call me at work. I mean, this is like, do not call me on. Now, keep in mind, this is in like the 80s and 90s. These are women. These are our women who are forging their way in the workplace. And heart had to make a way. Yes. And regardless, we, for some reason, thought it was okay to call them at work, but not our dads. <laughs> Because somehow our dads had more serious jobs. Oh, yeah. Which is... Don't call dad. Don't call dad. God forbid. What a bunch of BS. And then if I did call dad, which I thought was an emergency, forget it. I get the call from mom. Did you call your father? Oh, that's tough. Well, yeah, because I put the popcorn on for two minutes and it burned it. (laughs) (laughs) I smelled smoke. I smelled smoke and I thought the house was burning down. And so I didn't... You told me if the house is burning down to call it. I thought it was going to burn down. So I called dad. Don't. Call your father. Hey. Oh, it's so different now. It's so different now. It's so different. Here's a great one on this list. Everybody's got to eat a hill of dirt in their life. You might as well get started. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard that before? Grab a spoon. No, but I've never heard that. But I feel like I've heard iterations of that. Like, I can't think of them, but I know I've heard something. Yes. Like, oh, it's essentially like you're going to have to eat a lot of you know what. So get used to it. Get used to it. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That's pretty hard. That's pretty hardcore. All of these are kind of hardcore. They're all hardcore. Yikes. Zoinks. Yes. Here's another one. Let him get hurt. It'll teach him not to do that again. I do that. I do that. Okay. I was about to say, I do that too. I do that. I pull that one out all the time. All right. Or I say, uh, oh, you really want to do that? My parents would say, oh, you want to do that? Okay, go ahead. Find out. Okay, go ahead. Find out what happens. Yep. <laughs> I think I've said that recently to like... One of the grandparents or something, I'm like, well, he'll learn not to do it again. And they were like, mm-hmm. their jaw dropped, which is funny because I would think that they're the ones who, but now they're grandparents. So they see their grandkid oh, yeah. as this precious object. They also forget everything they said to us. Everything. Absolutely. Why would you talk to him like that? Well, he just said what to you, Blair? Ah, okay. <laughs> Amnesia. Amnesia. <laughs> Here's another one from the a throwback from Days of Yore. Who cares if she fails math? She's just going to be a mom. Oh, that's on there? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Somebody wrote in and said that they, yeah. And now that person's 
Yeah. Their parents said that? Yeah. And so then that person, you know, that's just because of the expectations of females during that right. Oof. time or whatever. So the person who wrote in was actually the daughter, her daughter. And now that person is a grandmother who that was said about. And she loves the fact that her granddaughter loves math. Oh, because that was a bad. Yeah, because I was probably in the fifties, and it probably wasn't said like snarkily. It probably was like, oh well, who cares? Yeah, you know, why does she need math for? She's gonna, she's gonna be a mom. Ugh, wild. Ouch. Absolutely wild. Things have changed. For instance, here's my favorite. <laughs> Me and Blair were talking about this. It's our favorite. <laughs> this person wrote in. It's your brother's turn to lay on the floor of the car now. <laughs> So this is a, someone named Rue from Denver, Colorado, and they say, car seats? Nah, we barely even use seatbelts. When I was growing up, it was a treat to get to lay on the floor <laughs> or in the back of the car or truck, especially on long road trips. Yep. My parents made us take turns. Yep. So true. So true. It was a treat. It was a treat. Just lay down. Lay down. Unbuckle your seatbelt. Lay, lay down. Oh, okay. Great. Awesome. Oh, when my sister would let me... Like put my head in her lap so that I could stretch my body out on the back seat. That was the best part of car trips. Heck yes. Yeah. Oh, my dad had a VW bus. Of course, it was like free reign. Whenever my mom or my brother were, wasn't in the car and I had it all to myself, I would have like dance parties by myself back there. I'd like that. Turn it up. <laughs> I'd be back there just like doing the running man, <laughs> Roger Rabbiting all over the place. Just going down the highway. <laughs> yep, going down the highway. The best part, too, was like after a softball game and the entire team would load into the back of two pickup trucks. Oh, yeah. And we'd drive to get ice cream. Molly, what would you do now? There would be like 57 police cruisers chasing <laughs> if we saw that now. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Gosh. Oh. Maybe not in like rural America. Maybe they should still do that kind of stuff. Maybe. But if anybody saw you, yeah, like if you're going down a uh, country road or something. Yeah. Maybe you could do that. But Or short, short distance. Like if you were driving from one building to another across a parking lot, that might be okay. <laughs> that might be okay. But not taking journeys. Yeah. Not taking a five-mile journey to Dairy Queen. Exactly. <laughs> so here's a couple more from days of yore. Just tie a string around your tooth, tie the other end to the door, and slam it. Slam it. Da, da, da. I mean. Let the tooth be a tooth. This is something I will be saying. Oh, we have two dinner choices tonight. Take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Up to you. I love that. <laughs> That's You know what that sounds like? What? That sounds like something you would find on like a, a wood cutout in like TJ Maxx. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or a sign. Oh, yeah. One of those wooden signs. Yeah. In this kitchen is take it or leave it. <laughs> you <laughs> get two, two choices. Two menu, two items on the menu tonight. Take it or leave it. I, I love, love that. I love it too. I, I'm using it. <laughs> now this one I do remember from when, a when I was a childhood. Ah, you're cruising for a bruising. Oh, that's it. Remember that? That's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And my parents mostly said it joking. But also there was a minor, you know, lining of threat to it. Like I knew they weren't going to actually hurt me, but I was also like, it essentially means you're pushing it. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah. That's it too. Watch it. Yeah. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. Excuse me. And then you kind of back away slowly out of the room like that gif of Homer Simpson backing into the hedge. <laughs> that was me when I heard that. 
<laughs> just like, Ugh. all right. It's like some of these are so like, yeah, you know, it's over. You know to shut it down. You know, like some of those sayings are just like, whoops. Yeah. Okay. It's done. It's over. My son loves what he calls, quote unquote, being sassy. We always say, okay, sassy pants. And he's trying out sarcasm now, which is really funny, but he'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go brush my teeth. And I'm like, you are going to go brush your teeth. And he goes, I know, I know I'm being sassy (laughs) or I know I'm being sarcastic. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you're nailing sarcasm, but I commend you for trying But I do wonder if there are things that I say, I should ask him where he goes, where he knows like, that's enough. Like your tone is too much. You are being too sassy. You're pushing it, buddy. You're cruising for a bruising. Mm -hmm. You're cruising for a bruising. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) And then the last one I really like from Days of Yore is one strike and you're out. Meaning you don't get three chances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard that a lot. I heard that a lot from teachers. Yeah. One strike, you're out. You don't get many chances in this classroom. And nowadays in the classroom, you have to like document the first warning. Mm-hmm. Document the second warning or else you're going to get <laughs> phone calls from parents. Oh, God. Listen, that's a whole nother episode of, <laughs> you know, yeah. learning then versus now. Woo, 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 woo. Poor yeah. teachers and what they deal with now and coaches and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, this was a trip down nostalgia lane. <laughs> uh, and we'll be right back. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, we're going back down memory lane here on Toddler Purgatory of all the things our parents said, some of them based on really bad safety practices of the day. (laughs) And the funny thing is that now so many of those parents who said those things are now grandparents. Mm. And maybe they still say those things to your kids and maybe they don't. The funny thing is one of our listeners, Anna Lynn, says that she says to her kids, do I look like your grandma? 
in response to them saying stuff like, well, grandma lets us do this and grandma lets us do that. And she says, the thing is, I do look like their grandma. I am the carbon copy of my mom. <laughs> it must be so confusing to them. Don't answer that. Just don't Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Do I look like your grandma? You know what? You do. You, do, you really actually. do. <laughs> Funny you ask. Funny you ask, mom. And one grandparent who's still saying those things is our listener, Nicole's mom, who says, does it count if the saying has skipped me and comes directly out of my kid's mouth? Thanks, grandma. LOL. And it is, you better be careful or you're going to fall down and crack your head open. Truly terrified and confused the first time I heard it out of my four-year-old's mouth. <laughs> so she's better be careful. You better be careful, mom. Or you can fall clock your head open. She's like, oh, my mother's voice is coming through my daughter's voice. Mm, there it is. Skip a generation. There's my mother looking dead at me. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Great. Great. <laughs> well, hopefully the things that you heard from your parents and you're using in your own parenting right now are helpful to you. Hopefully, it's allowing you to see things from your parents' point of view, such thing as sibling rivalry, etc. We also want to acknowledge that we want to give thumbs up and kudos to people who maybe had parents who said things that weren't supportive or weren't exactly little like this, like mm-hmm. because I said so. Mm-hmm. And we want to commend you for breaking those cycles of parenting as well. Not everything that parents say is perfect. None of us are perfect parents. But if you came from house situation where your parents' words were hurtful, it's probably hard to remember to not continue those cycles of parenting. And it is a struggle. And we really commend you. And we're all kind of doing our own healing in different ways and our relearning or unlearning. (laughs) The great unlearn, yeah. The great unlearning. So we want to let you know that we're with you as well. One of our listeners says, I'm over here like, I refuse to parent like my parents did and make an absolute conscious effort not to parent like my parents did, including how they talk to me. Good for you. Good for you. And another listener responded and said, this is a hard task. I'm in the same struggle. I'm over here trying to teach emotional intelligence that I'm still trying to master as an adult. Here, here. Here, here. And that's the thing, too, is that so much of this is is ingrained generationally. And now we're, thank goodness, we are a little bit more woke and a little bit more in tune to our emotional intelligence and to the emotional intelligence of our children. So it is imperative and it is also very commendable when you're able to step outside of your own experiences that seem so habitual and natural, right? Hearing things constantly and regurgitating them is so much easier than catching yourself, taking a breath and realizing what its intention could do to your child. To your child. And if you make a mistake and find yourself saying those things, I am also proud of all of us when we are able to admit that mistake to our own child. Yes. Blair, you've said that to me, or you've expressed that in previous episodes, and it really stayed with me, was that thing of going back, even if it's at the end of the day, and sitting down and saying to your kid, hey, listen, remember when I said that thing earlier? I made a mistake, and and I... I'm really sorry that I use those words. This is how I would have liked to have said it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So always know that you might make some, we're all making mistakes in parenting and cycles are hard to break. Yes. But that you can always go back later at a time that's calm when you and your kid are able to focus on each other Mm -hmm. and apologize for what you said. Maybe say it in a different way. Maybe say even mommies or even daddies make mistakes. We all make mistakes and I'm truly truly sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that's one way to, to help the healing as well. Yeah. And your emotional intelligence will reward you for it because the more that you can admit it and the more you practice it, the more you won't do it. It is a muscle. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. Hey, we're all learning and unlearning and being the best parents we can be. We'll take the things that our parents said to us that helped us and we'll try and leave the ones that didn't help us behind. Hopefully we don't say things to our kids like it's your brother's turn to lay on the floor of the car. (laughs) (laughs) Truly from a bygone era. Truly. (laughs) But we really appreciate all of you and the words that you give us in your life. So please feel free to... Go to toddlerpurgatory.com. Let us know what's up. You can hear old episodes. Yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for all of the comments that we got on the post. That was awesome. It was so fun reading them and getting like the notification of like someone like posting. It was really fun. So thank you. Thank you. And so much support over on that page. Please join that community. We love you all. See you next time on Toddler Purgatory. Take it easy. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep. Oh, get out of their life gunk. 
and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking